Hi, everyone. Sorry, a bit slow on the draw then with the graphic overlay and all that jazz. As you know, if you tune in at all to this regularly, I feel very naked without this little framing. So thank you for your patience. Hope you're good. Hope you've had a good week. Um, it's funny, funny one where people are still saying Happy New Year and, and wondering whether or not it is particularly happy. I think everyone's having a bit of a mixed bag. Depends how we all framed it. So it's been a bit of a complex one, hasn't it? People are excited to get shut of... Uh, 2020 and then 2021's sort of ground to a halt straight out of the gates. I think some of the big unknowns really are the, the complexities of it when I reflect on it myself. And uh, obviously we spoke to Joe Turner on Wednesday and I think that one of the things that really hit home with me was this notion whereby if you think about the here and now and you know think about the your creature, you know, basically the instincts of grounding yourself. Like what is it? Where are you up to now? How are you feeling? Ground yourself in something real. And then also remember and hope for a brighter long-term future that some of your major goals that you might have can still be aspired to. But don't get too lost in the middle because in the middle there's so much unknown that, uh, yeah, don't burden yourself or drag yourself down by thinking about, well, what might we be doing in six months? Because every time you think that way, it just feels like that gets thrown off. And it's because of my reflecting on, on that um, as well as then the overwhelming... Um, call from you guys to for me to reflect on questions that have come in um from people giving feedback on this week's show as well as over christmas etc he's wanting us to talk about one of two things one is like the sort of vaccination schedules and prioritizing and some of the reasoning processes that are underneath that as to who, who you know especially when it comes to sort of healthcare workers etc where should they be in the pecking order there's people that have got in touch with me saying that where where would teachers fit into it and just wanting to sort of chew over that rationale on the vaccines front and then then a close second or probably level pegging is like reflections on on lockdowns and the um the logic behind them the consequences of them that sort of thing and so that's what we're doing today because i think at some point next week we will get into the vaccine thing uh but we've had especially off the back of the podcast that we did with the csp with the alex mckenzie who's chair of council uh people wanting us to sort of reflect um more carefully on the CSP's policy for that and what that means for various different clinicians of different stripes uh, on the front line in the NHS of various different things. You know, does it matter as to whether someone's working on a respiratory or COVID ward relative to someone that's still doing mainly virtual consultations in MSK departments relative to an independent private pra practitioner in the community versus, uh, again, someone that's in um, private practice? Does that matter what um, profession? They're working within you know it's quite complex and i understand why there's been a call for you get from you guys for me to discuss that and to get that conversation rolling um and so we definitely will visit that but i'm just going to do that at some point next week and hopefully with a couple of guests that i've got lined up for it but today what i wanted to do is sort of uh, invite you to to join the conversation um and certainly yesterday and, and yesterday and wednesday probably because my esteemed guests joe turner and sue julians we had a lot of live listeners, uh, but uh, as ever, that doesn't necessarily mean loads of participation at the time. You mean they're getting the feedback after the fact. But definitely want to ask you a question, either for you to comment on uh, wherever you might be reaching this. So if you're finding it on LinkedIn, on Facebook, wherever it might be, find a platform that works for you and then just feel free to put the comments through and I can try and pull some of those. Um, and uh, also, you know, as ever, just letting me know that you're A, listening and B, can hear things and the technology is working. I know the signal sometimes glitches, so you've just got to let me know if you can't hear me, if you're tuning in live. But I wanted to just visit this conversation about lockdown logic. And one of the reasons why people have been getting in touch with me and saying, what is it? Uh, what's, your what's your take on this? You know, people, some people 
sort of exasperated about it and saying, well, what, what, you know, they're trying to understand the coherence or incoherence of it. There's other people that are getting in touch and, and feeling like they want to have a discussion about the different responsibilities across uh, people um, complying with regulatory guidance on things like social distancing, mask wearing, uh, how much uh, the social responsibility is of individuals within um, to comply within these uh, these things that are, is that the cause of us not being able to get on top of this? Um, and then also, um, there's people then suggesting that the, the fault lies in the overarching governance and politics of this, um, that essentially it's nothing to do with the individual users. Um, thank you to, to whoever it is that's just told me that unfortunately it's slightly crackly, but they can hear me. I heard that that was a case yesterday, and I don't know if that's a signal issue or something to do with the mics, etc. So I'm sorry about that. It's, it's hard for me to try and work out, but it's one of the reasons why I was asking whether you can hear me okay. I'll do some, I'll do some troubleshooting. If that's happened two days running, then apologies for that. I feel like it's probably these, these, the signal that seems a bit glitchy, uh, which obviously I'm trying to sort out all the time. But yeah, apologies. I hope it's sort of tolerable. Um, and uh, and do let me know if, if it's something that completely drops off. Um, but I would uh, would just invite you to say what, what your, and that, by the way, can be anything really. What are your thoughts on, on lockdown? And I don't just mean this one. I mean the, the act of... Um, particularly the the specifics of the stay home orders. So we've kind of had three different flavors of that. We had last March uh, with the, the November, and then we've had this this latest one. And there are subtle differences between them. Um, and there's also the same person has a different opinion on each of those different things. And I suppose that's, uh, that's what I would suggest. Uh, I want to hear your thoughts on is that how are you feeling about them? And that can be something just completely quite raw in regards to just feeling depressed about the whole thing. Or it could be something more particular about the fact that it's like, you know, I was I was more understanding of uh, lockdown one and lockdown three than I was lockdown two. Or that the goalpost being moved is a frustration. Just generally really interested in your thoughts. Don't even need to be for those that are tuning in live to share if you don't want to. But definitely just feedback to me because I've been getting lots of you getting in touch about you. You know, generally don't be shy to vent in our direction. Because it helps to guide future shows, future guests, etc. But one of the one of the key reflections that I was willing to share is that the incoherence of it is something that's definitely relevant. So I have a lot of sympathy um, across the board, really, for people just feeling a bit exasperated about the whole thing, and also the conclusions that people are coming to are quite wide ranging. And I also have a lot of time for a lot of people that that are sort of across the spectrum on this. So what I'm getting at there is that when people are sort of feeling like really frustrated at the the state of affairs in the UK and they're frustrated at the you know the covid uh, infection rates and the hospitals being overwhelmed etc you've then got people that are just then their instinct is to say if only why are people not doing as they're told you know i saw two people um with their noses sticking out of their masks on the tube and it's just like that you know, that's the the sort of cause of us not being able to get on top of this um why are, why, why are they just not not compliant and then i've got you know, there's other folk that are then, um, you know, not really feeling like the individuals that are then breaching and complying because of the duration this has gone on. They just simply then look beyond that and say that this is all bad politics and that the, you know, the the, the, the responsibility and fault doesn't lie at that that level of social analysis. It's just that the, the leadership and the uh, incoherence of the strategies and politics of it is, is the thing to shake your fist at and anything less than that is not proper. I'm... Um, I'm someone that just I can really understand the um, feeling that comes from both of those things, you know, and there's everything in between and beyond, really. It's like 
I'm not suggesting that everyone's thinking that the it's it's all the government's fault or it's all individual uh, COVID idiots that that that, uh, that that are doing it. Now I'm I'm one that because my sympathy extends, uh, admittedly, across the spectrum. I don't like the idea of then vilifying people whose nose is sticking out of a mask as being the morons that are causing all these problems. Like, I just don't like that. I don't think that's fair. I don't think that's a sensible analysis. And also, I don't think then uh, inferring idiocy uh, on your fellow man is smart, you know. But then also, those that are, those that are giving the, uh, the leaders um, a, a free pass as if to suggest that actually they're doing all they can and that, um, that actually no, more, no better could have been done, I'm not into that either. I'm really concerned about, I think that that's a clumsy analysis too. So I hope that's not just me seeming to sit on the fence. In fact, it's more me just feeling like not anyone, no one's getting this right, um, including me probably. Uh, but I suppose it's just that the duration of time, both between lockdowns and, and as part of lockdown, is, is relevant here because there's um, certain things that I had a lot of time for in the early days, especially when it was such an unknown and we're in a situation where it's going to kill 3% of us. It was sort of as contagious and as deadly as Ebola and you were, you were kind of um, really uh, battening down the hatches uh, on society to try and get an understanding of this, bolster the NHS and staff base, uh, try and work out what non-essential services are and just try and get on top of this. That rationale is um, something that I was I was deeply sympathetic to and an understanding of, and certainly someone who was an early voice in saying, like, you know, homeschool your kids. I know it's dramatic, but you're just going to need to hunker down for a bit. This is serious. However, um, and it doesn't mean that I've gone full circle, but it does mean that, you know, generally speaking, the the extent, the more that time passes on this, the more we've not been able to get on top of it, both from a leadership level as well as then the social compliance diminishing is that you've got to have a degree of trust in institutions trust in the messaging and, and trust is earned and so the fact that people might be less compliant with say mask wearing or social distancing in september than they were in march is not because you know, everyone's understandably getting war weary on this and that applies in healthcare too especially for those of us that are in a situation where you've got the enormous economic burden that's come from us being say um having having businesses suppressed or having uh, people that have had to be made unemployed and, and redundant and, and the uh, consequences for those that are sort of economically aware of like well, this this furlough situation doesn't feel sustainable like the, these are variables that matter and certainly something that i then um can understand why time passing is a really relevant thing to people's sort of tolerance of various different things and that can apply both ways is that people can just increasingly get frustrated with their fellow citizens for not complying because if we're not getting on top of it then do everything you can but then similarly for those that just want to shake their fist upwards at leadership um, you know, I have, a, I have a, a, some sympathy for too. Now, what I would say about that, though, for those that want to sort of suggest that this is simply a, it's simply bad politics, um, and that uh, actually everyone's doing all they can, uh, other than that, and that, that generally speaking, this has just been a, a, a mess. I, I sort of totally understand that, but I think that there's um, some hypocrisy that can occur, uh, sometimes even on somewhat political lines there, whereby if you're in a situation where you feel comfortable shaking your fist at say the cabinet or the, 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 the Tory party or the governing party or even just politicians as a class, uh, including the opposition or whatever. And I totally understand why. 
Um, but you're also then not recognising some of the failures in leadership and, and incoherence that's come from some of our health leaders. If, you, if you're looking on at NHS England, Health Education England, or the other health quangos, arms length bodies, as they're called now, Public Health England, and you feel that actually they've done, they've done everything right and it's only the politicians that have poorly instructed them. Um, and you feel, you know, I think that that, or you won't recognise some of the challenges that have been faced by some of the international organisations, you know, the WHO being an example there, whereby if you're in a situation, uh, be that because of um, not knowing, not realising the differences and delineations between those bodies, uh, civil servants versus elected politicians, etc. Uh, but also, you know, there is unfortunately a political lens that you might be seeing the world through, either knowingly or not, whereby it feels more comfortable for you to shake your fist at what is a Tory government than it is to shake your fist at our um, healthcare leaders within the Quangos, right? It might feel more comfortable for you to be able to just point your direction or your ire at, uh, at a, a punch bag, um, for mixing my metaphors a bit there. But yeah, it's an easier punch bag um, for you. And similarly, the other side can happen as well, whereby you're someone that, um, granted, you, you might be sympathetic to uh, the politicians, you might even have voted for them, uh, that you feel are doing as best they can. But then because of your sort of political allegiances or what feels more comfortable to you, for you to shake your fist at, you look on at the NHS and the healthcare leaders and the Quangos and you think, well, you know, it's all Simon Stevens's fault or uh, you feel like actually someone that uh, is involved in the bureaucracy at the Public Health England that's mixing their messages and their communication strategies have been off and that feels more convenient for you to shake your fist at. I just think that that's a level of introspection that I think is more sensible. You know, I'm not saying that you've got to look to yourself and do all you can. And actually, it's only individual responsibility rather than it being some fault up the chain. I'm just meaning that on an individual level, one of the most sensible things that I feel uh, in, in trying to develop is everyone's frustrated about the incoherence and inconsistency and hypocrisy that's coming from the leadership. And, and I totally, you know, I agree with that. It's sort of really, really central to my analysis, too. But people are underestimating sometimes their own internal hypocrisy when they look to themselves and they realise that actually, on am I am I truly distributing my frustrations appropriately or evenly or consistently? Um, and that's definitely one where I've seen it. Whereby if you're wanting to, um, you're someone that's feeling frustrated in a particular direction, then try and broaden your analysis and see who else is coming up good here. Like who's doing well, who, who's, a, who's a shining light. Now I know that people like to do that on an inter-country thing. I'm less bothered about that, to be honest. And I don't think there's many countries that have done well with it. And when you do look at those that have, there are relevant uniqueness to their situations. And, the, and then suddenly everyone becomes an expert in, in Finnish governance. or this is how Taiwan operates as a as a nation and as if they're they've got a real understanding of how their how their state works or when it comes to vaccination suddenly you've got people that are then telling you exactly how the israeli state functions and how it's different to us etc and so suddenly you've got these armchair experts in that direction and i, I think that that's a that's a concern i don't like to to get myself bogged down in that on an inter-country thing but generally speaking, when you think about an interagency level, you think about individual people, families, organisations, community groups, you go further than that to sort of city councils and mayors, regions, then you get into the sort of the macro politics of it, as well as then, as I mentioned, the civil servant led uh, healthcare organisations. Is that on every le which level of that, I don't think anyone's smelling a roses, myself included here. And you think about other smaller organisations in which I've got some more direct control over. And this is the sort of thing that's been really hard to get hold of. And th those, those variables really make a difference to people's positions on lockdown. 
And so because that's a mess, it might well be that you've got people that you otherwise agree with on most things, but it turns out that their take on whether or not we should be locked as comes or not, or which should be open or not, or whether or not it's smart and safe for the gyms to be closed. Because it's such a hot mess on analysis, then when people come to a conclusion that might be slightly divergent from yours, that's where I really do think there's a fair case for everyone giving each other a bit more space. You know, I think that unfortunately it's super hostile across the board between people that disagree on this. And it's like that, that, that I spoke about a lot last year for those that have tuned into those shows where I was sort of saying I was trying to wage a war on conviction. I'm massively concerned in that direction. Like, I really do worry that um, that people are, are not necessarily giving a bit of a liberal take on analysis and not necessarily weighing up all the features appropriately. So when people are coming to a conclusion, they are really doubling down and then scoffing and ridiculing rather than engaging in sensible conversation and appropriate empathy with someone who has an opposing view on it. And so I think that the, the lockdown logic, as is the title of today's show, is unfortunately, yes, more illogical than logical. It's something that that really matters. I think the differences between them is, is relevant. And I think one of the things in healthcare that seems to be a fissure between us all is that you've got circumstances of governance between different organizations or, uh, sorry, professions where, um, you know, it's never in question that your, your medics or nurses are, are kind of can't work, right? It's never been wondered about, really. The specifics of what their duties are, it has mattered. And then you get to dentists and pharmacists and things like that that are more cross-sector, then that, that's complex. Then first lockdown, it was clear that certainly in my game, the direct contact MSK work is something that needs to be questioned as to whether that was necessary, especially when we thought there was loads of surface contagion and transmission. Uh, that urgency was, was, you know, it was unethical to keep practicing as was. Uh, you needed to make modifications to get the right PPE in place. Um, but then it was unclear, especially on the second lockdown, as to when the you modified working in MSK physiotherapy, osteopathy, chiropractic, which is um, you know centrally uh, regulated either by the HCPC or General Osteopathic Council, General Chiropractic Council, which is sort of national regulators. Um, it seemed like an obvious thing that they might stay practicing, but you've got these other professions such as sports therapists, sports rehabilitators, massage therapists, etc., that are similarly managing a, a not dissimilar caseload and doing similar work. And obviously the work I'd done trying to say that it shouldn't matter as much as it does, but on a governance level, it does. The fact that that then starts to, you know, some people are able to open and some people aren't. So you've got people working together in a practice where for five years they've been working together and not cared uh, the fact that they all did different either degrees or certifications or have qualifications. It never mattered. But then suddenly on a legal level, some can practice and some can't. Or the fact that they're registered with a different organization, uh, they can work and then the other governing body have said no because they're interpreting guidance and laws in a different way or they've sought legal counsel and they've kind of decided to go one side of the fence or not. These are all things that are naturally going to divide us. And I understand why they are, but I just don't think it's sensible or safe for us to um, allow for that, to draw those tribal lines back up. You know, I, I am concerned that this circumstance, uh, this storm we're all in, and, we, you know, you've seen the central metaphor that people are saying that essentially we're in the same storm, but we're in different boats, different vessels. And some are in big yachts and cruise liners and some are in dinghies or some are just drowning. And I think that's a reasonable thing across society. But if you apply that to the healthcare environment is that if we're in this storm 
and we're we're trying to help each other. And I've seen loads more camaraderie than I have sort of tribal thinking. But it is something that over time, uh, and also on reflection for when we do settle this down or when the storm does eventually settle, is that surely we need to try to find a way for things to be fairer and for us to sort of comprehend that the massive disparities between the uh, accessibility to being able to actually sell your labour and work within safe parameters on the same caseload that happens between different disciplines and professions is something that if it's if it's coherent and there's a relevant difference, then fine, let's talk about it openly. But where it isn't, uh, then that's an injustice that needs to be corrected for. And but before we can actually have that conversation and set things right and create some add some logic to the lockdowns in healthcare. And we need to be understanding and sympathetic uh, across the board and sort of be more respectful, I think, than some are being. Now, I see that there's so much more support than there is ire being directed into each other. And I think that that's what's useful. So I'm not in for, for a second suggesting that most therapists are at each other's throats. But it just means that sometimes the politicking that can go on, whereby some can stay open and some can't. And then there's a, a suggestion that, well, you know, we're, we as a group or a tribe are allowed to stay open because there's a really relevant difference between either the style of care, the safety, the professionalism of us relative to you. And that could be interprofessional or intraprofessional with regards to, well, we've done more qualifications, we're at this level, um, and therefore we can be more you know, naturally safe. We've got uh, better, I don't know what, hand hygiene than you. Um, it's something that, unfortunately, they're the divisions that I just, I'd be mortified if this circumstance doesn't unify us and instead sort of splits us off into even more uh, factions. That would be concerning. I'm not saying that that's the way it's going. I see more support than I do uh, division. But I think that what I wanted to do on this show and what I was encouraged uh, and, and some long and some short feedback and people asking questions and encouraging me to do a show like this is that I think it's relevant. The stuff I've just concluded there, which is really close to MSK practice, I see there being a direct line between that and other features on the macro with lockdowns, like people's general positions outside of healthcare, like what Joe Bloggs feels about the sensibilities and logic underneath lockdown. I think there's a really relevant sort of thread between those two things. I think that the, the, the way in which we're sometimes, especially in this day and age where you're curating your own news feeds on social media, uh, you're then perceiving yourself that people are, 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 are consuming the same facts, the same articles, the same spin, they're following the same people, say on social media, the friends and family are coming from a similar sort of base, people failing to recognise the differences and individual um, distinctions between people's sort of family backgrounds or, or social backgrounds. That, for me, is actually... I think if, if, if as healthcare professionals or as individuals that are trying to navigate this space, if we're failing to recognize the, the, the relevance of those non-work related features um, that are meaning that you've got different people that are, are, are really, um, that their, their position on, on lockdowns is you know, be that for or against. You've got people in certainly in my network that are, that are deeply lockdown skeptic in various different ways. And then you've got people that are then thinking that the only, that the only thing that you hear from them is that, that the, the lockdown should be deeper, longer, sooner. Um, you know, the, 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 I'm, I'm caricaturing, but, you know, it's like, well, you know, we need to be in tier eight and we all need to stay in his own bedroom, never mind our own house. You know, it's kind of that there's this huge spectrum, uh, which I rarely see. You know, it's usually you've got a, a range of views within 
uh, different parts of a, of a different issue. Whereas I would say that on my network, I've noticed a big a big range uh, across the board, and and that's fascinating. And so when you've got that really broad window. Um, then it's ever more important that we talk to each other sensibly and also recognize what I think are the, um, sometimes it's very specific on governance and law and, and, and ability to practice and the definitions of professions, definitions of close contact, all that sort of stuff, right? It's really relevant. The devil's in the detail. But I think it's clumsy if you think that that's all that matters and that the context in which that's nested on society and the, and the fact that people are war weary to this stuff, that some people are losing livelihoods, that even if you're stable and you're in an NHS job of which is, is a stable income, you're under significant pressure. Let's say it's someone that's in an NHS job, but they're still just seeing virtual MSK patients. They're actually quite insulated in many ways and not especially vulnerable on the front line to the, the COVID situation. They've had massive changes and pressures to their work, but actually at the moment, they're actually feeling like, okay, I'm, I feel I feel safe. I feel like I'm comfortable within the work I'm doing. However, they've got two, they've got a, 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 a husband at home who's a, who's a teacher or a head teacher, right? who's under incredible pressures on the education system. They've got... Um, children or grandchildren that are uh, then trying to comprehend how they how they go about their education they've got exams uh, that they're struggling with they've also again got friends and family that have just been made redundant including a, a brother or sister that's then lost their business because they run a pub right and, and so i'm just getting you know it's obviously everyone's got their own different circumstances but it's like the fact that someone might have individual comfort within their own work but then the circumstances that surround them these are all going to influence people's opinion on how logical, how coherent lockdowns are. And so because you've got that incredibly broad spectrum of things that are influencing people, I feel like the only way that we can ever try and move forward, be that not just in healthcare, but beyond, are for us to, for us to hear each other out and have better conversation and at least just on instinct, give each other the benefit of the doubt. And unfortunately, uh, especially you're talking heads and people that are sort of um, scandal merchants and people sometimes think that i'm i'm in that category unfortunately but um when when people are sharing their their views just try to take the edge off the polarity or give people the benefit of the doubt or ask a question rather than assume uh what they were meaning by it i'd even say that with me if you feel like actually you feel like actually that's hypocritical he's, he's speaking with much more conviction and being more accusatory than than uh than he's suggesting he is then challenge me on it and and make sure you ask me as to as to whether or not you feel that the specifics on hypocrisy and that's what's been really interesting about the feedback i've been receiving is that some people have been wanting to do that fortunately they're putting a question mark on it yeah you know, i feel like you're over representing this or you're or you're um putting your own top spin on this and that's that's brilliant because i'm certainly not saying i'm perfect on this but what i'm really trying to do and what i'm encouraging you all to do is to draw a line between generally understanding people's social feelings about lockdown and the incredible social challenge that comes with that the uniqueness of everyone's situation that means you'll never truly be able to fully understand it and so all you can do is just generally try and give them benefit of the doubt and empathize and then understand how that might influence not just their take on the whole matter politically or personally but also how that might color their take on things professionally is that the variables that they're reasoning with and the analysis and the media diet that they're consuming is going to be different to yours it just has to be right and so that's why it may well be that there's such a significant difference between people's take on the matter. And whilst that's happening, you know, we've just got to give each other the space. And that includes giving each other the space to get it wrong, whereby they might have made them, they might have felt like they're being too far one way or the other, or that if you disagree, and you might disagree 
on a sustained way, right? Even if you're inviting conversation or trying to get clarification, it turns out that you just you just disagree on this, right? And that's okay too. But the, the, the ability for us to try to actually find ways to agree to disagree and to move on and to recognize we've got more in common and all that sort of stuff, it's like, it's a bloody challenge, right? It's, it's the ultimate challenge of, of liberalism right now is that we're not even being able to communicate ourselves directly in person or go let's let's sort this out over a beer we're not literally able to do that so the tools that we have on our disposal are challenged and limited at a time where we know that there's lots of division so all we can do really is double down on some of the things that can go against our instincts sometimes but just lean into into empathy and try to understand that the consumption and the variables everyone's reasoning with on every level of analysis are going to be variable and unique and and just please um go about doing your best and that's all you can ask and that includes just extend it's easy enough for us to extend empathy and sympathy and, and respect to those that are somewhere near you know it's like oh well you know i can extend it within my little bubble but the challenge comes to hear out and respect at least their ability for people to share their views that you find otherwise repugnant that you disagree with quite you know that's the that's the true challenge not for you to think oh they've got a subtly different opinion to this than me and we can have a conversation that's an easy part of it right the real challenge in the sense of uh, character and the social solidarity is the ability for us to then say no actually i'm going to afford the rights of people to say and do things that i find currently repugnant now usually i think if you pose enough questions you'll find that they're actually closer to you than you initially think instinctively but even if it turns out that they have a difference of opinion there that you feel is not sustainable i'm not saying you have to be their best mate but the minute that you start challenging their right to say them i think you're on shaky ground and unfortunately you're going to be on the wrong side of history when they turn the tables on you and the fact that you might find you think that yours everyone thinks that their opinion is the most sensible one in the room but unfortunately if you undermine people's individual rights to do things or you feel like you want to necessarily not necessarily make it illegal but just compromise the um compromise the social uh, contract in such a way that that person's opinion is well up for absolute and overt ridicule straight out of the gates then unfortunately the wolves will come for you one day and, and, and there'll be no one there to speak up for you and so when it comes to lockdown stuff um admittedly i'm just saying that you need to really please uh, give each other the space and understand the context in which everyone's coming at this, especially as healthcare professionals. It's not just about a narrow analysis of the here and now in MSK practice. There's all sorts of other things socially that are going on that are influencing people's opinions. So give each other room, talk it out. You know, when we make mistakes, give each other a benefit of the doubt and, and see if we can move on together because it's super important. And it's one of the reasons why. Thank you so much for those of you that asked me to do this show and to talk about lockdowns and, and my take on the matter. Typically, here I am sort of sat on the fence on it and giving you my take being that, you know, my take is always that I want to hear all your takes. <laughs> but, you know, generally speaking, it's uh, it's one that uh, a lot of people have asked me to reflect on. And I hope I've done that in a, in a way that's interesting. Uh, or vaguely tolerable at the end of this week. As I said, next week we're going to be visiting all sorts of specifics in, in and around vaccinations and having some hopeful guests on that can sort of talk about that and the rationale for what order of play we do that as a society and how we can climb out of this mess, uh, as well as some specific clinical stuff and research stuff that I've got coming on on the show. Please do tune in next week at uh, 12.30 till, uh, and thank you so much for those that are joining. Oh, just uh, noticed that I've closed off the comments, so thank you to those of you that have uh, posted some comments. Uh, Joe Turner's just posted a message here saying, 
let's hopefully pull that up there. Good to, she missed some of this. But yes, to what she said about being brave and open conversation, harder to stay and listen to someone you don't agree with than to argue or sit in silence in your particular silo. Well, thanks, Joe. It's really nice to have her having my back on that opinion. Maybe when she listens back, she'll regret uh, uh, saying this. But uh, generally, thanks a lot to those of you that have commented. Sorry, I've missed that. I was sort of monologuing a little bit. But please do send over your feedback and I'll, I'll respond to some of the comments afterwards. And please do continue to guide my um my thoughts uh, and, and what shows to put out because this was definitely one whereby people saying talk about vaccines talk about lockdowns and here i am uh, giving you a show about lockdowns and that's my take on the matter so thank you so much for, for those that are continuing to to listen and to those that tune in after the fact make sure you know that wherever you're encountering this there might even be a better place for you to do so you can get this on your audio podcast feed spotify etc if you're listening on linkedin and don't like the interface then find it on youtube or facebook there's lots of different ways in which you can interact with it and thank you to those that are tuning in on a regular basis live and making the conversation as, as fertile as it is so thanks a lot and have a lovely weekend